No gimmicks this week, just a warm hello. My name is Lewis and you're back inside the Shark Tank. And I'd like to say, as always, I'm joined by my good friends, Alex and James. Alex, how are you doing, mate? Very good, thank you, mate. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Trying to keep it simple this week. Speaking of keeping it simple, James is coming to us from his DIY workshop in his new gaff. Uh, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Got some boxes for a desk, a uh, standing desk at that. So, action-led, I'm ready. You can never, you can never doubt the commitment. Um, James has for the podcast. If he's not in the, another country, he's doing it out of uh, basically what's well, basically a glorified tool shed at the moment. <laughs> Thanks, anyway. mate. Thanks for the feedback. I'm on new house. <laughs> Friday night, away in Leon, Sale blew 14 point lead and ultimately fell 27 24 uh, to the top 14 leaders, Leon. Um, it's probably our best away performance this season, isn't it? As always, we ask you guys for your uh, three-word reviews uh, of, of the previous week's game. We've got some really interesting, interesting ones here that are that sort of mix of, of sort of optimism and pessimism. Nick Fogarty, uh, we nearly won. Bang right, you can read the scoreline. Robin Southern, uh, BBC were clueless. Gary Holmes, poor game management. Mike Walker, epic, outstanding performances. Jamie McAndrew touches upon a, a very important point, complete media blackout, very disappointing that once again it was very difficult to get hold of any video footage to analyse of these Challenge Cup games. Uh, Gareth, we nearly won. Jamie, competitive without possession. And uh, to- uh, Tobis has, has come in with uh, the, the most pessimistic one of this week is lost away again. I've not seen enough of the game really to be able to comment on it, but I have, have heard that Sam Moore did play quite well, especially considering um, the fact that he's been out injured for the majority of pre-season. So he, he hasn't really got any game time under his belt um, since the 18s tour to South Africa. Um, he's not been playing in the Jets, so he's not been out at um, Sale FC. So to go away from home, sort of as a first run out, his lungs must have been burning. And at 19, that's a, that's a great, great achievement for him. So we look forward to see what he can do. You know, um, we don't know where Josh Strauss has disappeared to. He's not in the Scotland squad either. I'm sure we'll get onto that later. So I'm a bit worried he might have picked up an injury. Um, so it'll be good for us if Sam Moore does come through, as you know, and has the same impact as the Currys had last year. Yeah, I know. Can, can someone say that we want Ross Harrison dropping goals from everywhere? I think a kicking option is a generous term for someone who can kick a ball between the posts. Like everyone's a kicking option, really, aren't they? Yeah, stats this week um, really, really sort of threw me. Um, again, neither side had any territory, so we were on the halfway line for the whole game. This is all from ESPN. For um, those who are wondering, their Challenge Cup stats appear to have some sort of massive flaw where we always have 33% possession in the second half and 67% in the first half when we're away. They sort of, they almost get there. I mean, we're 11 out of 11 for scrums, which is smashing, if true. Um, I can only assume that's true. It seems, basically, what I'm having to do with these stats is guess whether they are right or not. So I'll guess the ones that are right and I'll point out the ones that are wrong. Uh, line out, seven out of seven. No way, that's true. Not a minute. If we've won all our line outs, I will be amazed, but it could be true. Um, defending, 86% tackle success again, which is fine. Um that's only 136 out of 158. That seems a bit low to me. Um, Leon's is 45 tackles with 13 missed, which again could be... I mean, I know they had most of the ball, but I can't see that they only made 45 tackles in the game, but who knows. Um, apparently we conceded 16 penalties. That I can absolutely believe. Um, 
to Leon's six. So if you want to know where the game was lost, that may well be it. Um, and then going on to individual player stats, I've been thinking about having like a stat of the week. Um, so I was looking for one this week, unfortunately, obviously with the, um, with the strangeness in stats. When I, last time I logged on to the, uh, your, the ESPN website, Sam James, who scored two intercept tries had made zero meters, um, which is an astounding bit of work. But having just gone on now, that has actually updated. He made 104 metres. So um, that joke, I made it, but actually completely unfounded. Um, in terms of other stats that are worth pulling out, really, defensively, there's some pretty impressive performances. Ostrakov, 21 tackles. Um, Sam Moore, 15 tackles, zero missed. Uh, Curry 17 tackles again smashing it James O'Connor 14 tackles so that's probably again Leon sending runners up his channel um, but at least he's making them he missed three but you know you, I don't bring James O'Connor in to be a defensive linchpin um, a pretty pretty hefty defensive performance again there's some other big numbers in there Weber 15 etc um, so I think stats wise it's indicative of a very defensive performance with some intercept tries denny made 81 meters which i'm pretty sure was his try um so we probably it it points to the fact that we didn't do much other than you know defend and then take our chances when they came but you've got to be happy with that kind of game plan if you get to a point where you're 24 10 up because then you're sort of relying on your defense and i think you know fair play to us we probably did enough to win it, but didn't quite have the combination of mentality and luck you need away in France. So it's a very brief roundup of this week's stats. Well, it was a jump tackle, wasn't it? <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, you know, if 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 our player had stayed down, then I really think the the match official would have gone back to look at it, and the guy would have been set like straight red card. Um, really, da- very badly dangerous play. Just as bad as like you know, hand to the face or anything like that. You know, knee on the side of the head, and uh, you know, we talk about you know uh, protecting people's heads and necks. I mean, that was really bad, and, and ultimately it cost us a, a draw. Um, that particular incident, and two draws, I think, would have given us four points, which I think would have fairly reflected the two games. I think three points is just slightly underdoing us. Very happy for him. Congrats, Byron, if you're listening. And if you are listening, Byron, do you fancy coming on the pod? Yeah. At some yeah. point over the next two weeks, because we're, we're massive, massive fans. There we go. I've said it. Well done, mate. I think it's a fair game, and I think the, the Australian Rugby Union will be supporting him in it. Um, you know, he was actually swapping in and out with Karevi um, at 13 for Australia, but actually over the last few games, he's been absolutely in there. So I wonder whether they've had an honest conversation and it's about getting his caps up to 60. You know, he'll have to hope and will have to hope that he doesn't pick up a knock during the autumn because he's going to have to get through at least the June internationals next year and probably the rugby championship. So for us, we're not going to see him anyway, probably until sort of September sort of time, maybe even October, actually, um, next season. Uh, but if we do pull this off, that'll be our biggest signing. Um, well, certainly since Richie Gray, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but probably since Luke McAllister, as as we said on the feed earlier this week. Yeah, I do feel for Reese Webb in the sense that he's a rugby player, but in the sense that he's a Welshman, and we've got Six Nations coming up next year, 
less bothered. Um, no, I, I I agree with it because I think the problem is that with with England, what you generate is loads of controversy and chat away from the team about players like Stefan Armitage a few years ago, Nick Abendon and etc. And then you go to the opposite end of the spectrum with Wales and you have you really suffer at sort of your regional level. And obviously England and Wales are very different in that, you know, in terms of the structure of the league and the clubs and the funding majorly. Um, but, you know, if, you've, if you're if you getting players to stay until 60 caps, you're getting the best years out of them, but you're also not restricting them to, you know, that sort of... And I think if, if England had had that rule, maybe you would have seen Stefan Armitage make appearances for them because maybe he wouldn't have gone to France so early. Same with Nick Abendon. And, you know, I mean, it's obviously, it's all hypothetical, but no, I'd, I'd quite like it. And as for, is it fine to sort of, you know, get your 60 caps and then leg it? Yeah, you've got to set a barrier somewhere, haven't you? So, yeah, you know. I'll, I'll add to that because I completely agree with you. I think um, what we look at it through sort of the England perspective, which is the richest union in the world, we now compete, you know, our, our salary cap is seven and a half million. We can we can have, you know, two players or whatever completely beyond the cap um, and can pay them whatever we like. We compete with France and Japan, like no problem at all. And that shows now in Europe as well. So, you know, we've lost Nick Abendon and Stefan Armitage. Well, they were never a first choice for England anyway. They were on the outskirts of the squad. Um, whereas, you know, this would be like Mara Otoje going to play in South Africa. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at what's happening to South Africa and Australia, um, to some extent, New Zealand, although they're more successful keeping them on board, um, and Wales. And the thing is that they just cannot compete financially and their players will go, but they don't have the depth of players to certainly in Wales and Australia, to support their their rugby at home, like it is on the brink of collapse in some ways, if it was just an open market. So I think they're right to set a cap limit um, where people earn the right and then go. What I would say about Wales is I would probably extend it to not only be the 60 cap rule, but also to maybe be, say, 150 or 175 caps for your region. Because the problem with Reese Webb is that he's been around for a decade but his injuries and sitting behind people like Mike Phillips um, means that he doesn't have many caps, but he's played well over 150 times for the Ospreys. He's done his time in Wales. He can go and earn loads of money at Toulon. He's 29. I think he's very unlucky, and I think the Wales need to sort of broaden their horizons there. Well, I did think, I mean, you know, came up with this original idea myself of an international theme sales sharks quiz. And when I say came up with it myself, you, you suggested it, and then I made it. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to preview Exeter this week, just because I think they're the club that we want to be. You know, it's a great place to watch rugby. They've got brilliant fans. They've got a better champ than us. Um, everyone stays behind having loads of beers. It's like the heartbeat of the community. It's just a terrific club. And, of course, they're current premiership champions. So, fully a club to aspire to. Their recent form has been very good. Uh, not only are they doing well in the premiership, but the last two games in the Champions Cup, they've won. Um, they won at home to Glasgow, who much fancied, um, and then won away in Montpellier, which really is, I mean, that is a statement. I think that that puts them as contenders for the Champions Cup this year. Um, interestingly, on the player front, uh, Lachlan Turner is back, um, which is well-timed because Jack Knoll is out for a little while with a jaw problem. Uh, and also Waldrum is back at number eight. 
Um, so that will be something to watch out for um, on Friday night. Get if he gets up ahead of steam, that could be uh, uh, difficult to watch. Um, and the interesting thing about him coming back is it sort of moved Sam Simmons onto the bench last week. Um, and he has played a lot of rugby um, this year, but he's been one, probably one of the big names that sort of been flying about, maybe even as moving into the England squad uh, when Eddie Jones announces it this week to cover for uh, Billy Vunipola's injury. And so everyone's, everyone's been talking about Sam Simmons. Everyone always talks about Henry Slade and Jack Knoll uh, and even Michelle Campagnaro, who's also injured. Um, but I think that actually the thing about Exeter is their core player base is massively underrated. I don't know how they're still underrated because they're Premiership champions. But I mean people like Don, Ar- Don Armand, who can play at six, seven or eight. He's an absolute monster and warrior. He's what we want John Ross to be. Um, at the moment, he's playing a lot of rugby because Dave Ewers um, is currently injured. Um, and he's been struggling with injury a lot over the last two years, falling out of favour with England because of that. Harry Williams, uh, who I imagine will be in the England squad, um, who's finally getting recognition, I think, for being a really top tight head. Um, Mitch Lease in the second row is just massive. I mean, he is just huge. He doesn't even he, he doesn't look like a professional rugby player. And I know Jonathan Mills didn't look like a professional rugby player, but Mitch Lease really doesn't look like it, and he's loads better than Jonathan Mills was. Um, no Dave Dennis at the moment for Exeter. I don't I don't know how long he's gonna be out, but he's a loss. Um, and then the other one, a few other, you know, I'd say underrated players. Jack Yindel is the um, is the club captain, um, and he's playing a lot of rugby at the moment because there's no Cowan Dickey. He's also um, injured. Um, everyone always used to rave about Cowan Dickey. Personally, I thought Tommy Taylor was better than him. Um, now I still think he's a loss for Exeter, but Jack Yindel is leading the club, and he'll captain, I imagine, on Friday night. Um, and then in the backs, people like Ian Whit- Whitten and Phil Dolman, you know, a, a, an Irishman and a, and, a, and a Welshman who haven't made it um, in their home countries and just absolutely smashed it um, for Exeter. And the same can be said for Gareth Steenson, who year after year has been absolutely fantastic for Exeter. He's a 10 who kicks all, all the kicks, Exeter put pressure on and, and win penalties, especially at set pieces. He's got an 82% kicking ratio for this year. So you compare that sort of Danny Cipriani a few years ago for us, he was like 58%, and that's where you get a lot of difference made. Um, What I would say is that his tackle percentage is down at 71%. So if we can get enough ball, enough front football, which is a huge question mark, let's be honest, then getting Jennings down that channel. Um, I think is the way that we need to go. Somehow we need to get beyond the Exeter defence, but it's going to be very, very difficult indeed. And at seven, uh, Kvezic hasn't played the last couple of weeks, and uh, but Julian Salvi is back from injury. Um, so they're really hard, gnarly. Um, Pack, um, who's really big in the scrum, good in the line-out. They're good at the breakdown. They get over the gain line in the backs. They don't make any mistakes. I mean, none at all. And then Steenson kicks all the points. And once they've ground the team down, just like um, Saracens, they pass it wide and they score tries. You know, they've got magic in midfield with with Slade um, and that open space up. So huge task for Sale. Um, in some ways, it's a bit of a must-win game, must game for us, really, because it's a standalone premiership game. In them, and I think we're into the Anglo-Welsh. So if we lose this and some of the teams immediately above us get good results, we're, we're again we're looking down the table rather than up. But it but it is a huge challenge. Countering Exeter, it's a bit of a difficult one. I'd, I'd probably have 
Faf and James O'Connor at 9-10. Um, that's really harsh on AJ McGinty, but it's what I do. So, um, sorry, AJ. I, I, and I would be by no means disappointed at all um, if AJ was to start O'Connor either off the bench or at 12. But as James said, I think having Jennings, Jennings is in some of the best form he's been in probably all his career. So, you don't take him out while he is. Um, so, yeah, not a, not a huge amount of changes. I would hopefully like to see us do something to counteract what I think is probably extra threat from driving line-outs. Um, because especially if they've got Waldron back, that is where they will hurt us. And teams have done that to us before. Come to us. We've played some good rugby, but they've kicked it to the corner, driven it over from 10, 20 metres. So... Um, that would be my only consideration. How you counteract that, I don't really know. Um, I don't think we've got any particularly, you know, efficient moral specialists. So Ross Harrison, I guess, um, would be someone who I think should be on the team sheet. Um, and then just some sort of weight in the back row, maybe kneeled. And um, but then you need we need to compete at the breakdown. So it's a really difficult one this week, um, and I think we'll probably struggle. But then again. You know, we we've been playing well. With our performances are definitely on an upward curve rather than a downward one. So who knows? Well, we we should have switched back to five three weeks and weeks ago, but they haven't changed it then. And and actually, against Exeter, I imagine we're going to need some forward replacement. So I think if there's any game to play the six two, this is it. I'm I'm going to be at the game on Friday night, and uh, hopefully, me and Alex can meet up and we can get some uh, good looking selfies up on the Facebook page. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty ropey, to be honest. Yeah. Sale 14, Exeter 32. And I am going to go for 28-27 to Sale. Come on, then. Let's have a tense, horrible game. 